This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Brewers on Tap. Episode number 60 of Brewers on Tap from Miller Park tonight where the Brewers just wrapped up a second game win over the Colorado Rockies, taking the first two games of this series and uh, going for the sweep on Wednesday afternoon. The crew has now won three in a row. A little bit more on that coming up. Lane Grindle with you. Good to have you with us for the podcast. Here's what we have for you on this week's Brewers on Tap. Keon Broxton has been on a roll since his recall at the end of July. We're going to sit down with the Brewers outfielder and discuss what has changed from the beginning of the year to now. Also, Clint Coulter is turning heads in AA Biloxi. I went down to Brevard County in May, had a chance to spend some time with Clint Coulter, and uh, we'll let you hear some of that conversation as well. And uh, Devin Williams recently promoted up to Brevard County from Class A Wisconsin. I'll sit down with him and talk a little baseball with the right-hander. So a lot coming your way. It's going to be very exciting. We also have Sabermetrics 101. We're going to look at exit velocity and how it all impacts this resurgence from Keon Broxton, and we're going to let you know what's on tap for the Brewers coming up in the next week as well. But first, this week in Brewers history. And now, this week in Brewers history. August 24, 2010, the Brewers unveil a statue outside Miller Park honoring commissioner and uh, former owner Bud Selig. Many special guests attend the event, including Hall of Famers Hank Aaron, Robin Young, Paul Molitor, and Raleigh Fingers. Well, a tough road trip for the crew this past week with losses on Wednesday, Thursday to the Cubs, and then Friday and Saturday to the Mariners. But a come-from-behind victory on Sunday, salvaged a win for the crew on that trip, and then they followed it up with a tremendous start to the homestand. This is a 10-game homestand the Brewers are in the midst of, and winning the first two of this homestand on Monday and then Tuesday with a seventh-inning comeback, highlighted by an Hernan Perez triple that scored two to give the Brewers the lead. So three wins in a row now for the crew, and they're now 55-70. and 70. Let's catch up with the crew. Joined now on the podcast by Keon Broxton, Brewers outfielder, who has uh, enjoyed a lot of success, obviously, since being recalled at the end of July. This last go-round has had to be a lot of fun for you. Oh, yeah, man. It's, it's been awesome. been a great experience. been a fun been out here and been able to compete, compete at, at my highest level and um, being able to help the team win. It's been a great, great, great opportunity. You and I talked clear back at the beginning of spring training and, you know, I've watched you kind of evolve and develop over the course of this year. And the one thing that sticks out to me is that you seem like a very coachable guy, that you're very open to coaching, that you've, you've spent a ton of time over the course of this year trying to improve and trying to develop and taking in the words of Darnell Coles and everybody else 
And, and obviously now you're you're reaping the benefits of that. How nice is it to have that vindication for all the hard work you put in? Oh, it's awesome, man. Just being able to, to be open to, to new ideas and, and new things, you, you have to be like that in this game. If you stay stationary in one one mindset, not really going to make it too far. You're always going to have to make adjustments to, to different pitchers and to yourself. And um, that's something I've learned over the course of my career. And uh, I'm just going to keep it going throughout the rest of my career and see where it takes me. That being said, one of the big adjustments that you've made has been well documented. I think anybody locked into the Brewers has read about it by now, but you made an adjustment with your hands, and it seems like that's what has kind of put you over the edge now. Yeah, it's uh, just basically getting me in a good hitting position every time, and that's uh, giving me to be more consistent. Uh, it's getting me to, to square up balls on a more consistent basis, and uh, that's, what, that's what all hitters are trying to do, square up balls consistently and uh, just get on base and make things happen for the team. Essentially what you did is you dropped your hands down, you know, kind of before your load, and it you just feel like that cuts out some unnecessary type of uh, movement that helps you repeat your mechanics more? Yeah, definitely. It, uh, it cuts out a lot of movement with my hands. Uh, I know it, they, it looks weird when they're down, but once they, they come up, they're in a strong hitting position, and they fire from wherever they, they stop when they're coming up. And that's what's really got me, you know, where, where I am today. And that's just uh, got my confidence level up. And it's, it, it's got me to the point where I can trust my hands. I don't have to worry about where they are or what they're doing. I can just focus on, on where, the, where the ball is and where the pitch is and what I'm looking for. And uh, that's what you need. You need, to, you need to have one track, and that's uh, just seeing the ball. You've shown a lot of power since you've come back up, and you showed that in AAA as well. You showed good power with Colorado Springs uh, at, at times this year. Has that always been a part of your game, or is it something that's kind of evolved? Um, it's always been a part of my game. I've always had uh, a decent amount of pop. Um, just over the last three or four years or so, my pop is really starting to starting to really evolve. And um, it, it comes back to getting in a strong hitting position, man. And, and once you're in a strong hitting position, your power will take over from there. So um, that, that's just how it was, just getting a, a nice, comfortable hitting position and just let my hands fly. In this day and age of the game of baseball, there's information for everything. And you can, you can learn something about yourself probably as a player, but there's, so much, there's such a thing as too much information too. How, how do you manage that? You know, you, everybody's talking about exit velocity right now, and you have one of the best exit velocities in Major League Baseball. Is that something you, you look at and say, all right, that's great, that's good news, that means I'm doing this right? Or do you try not to take all that stuff in too much? I don't really take too much of that stuff in. Um, whatever happens after I hit the ball happens. I, I really don't care what happens after that. As long as I know I'm squaring up the ball, and that, that, that lets me know that I'm in a good place in the box and uh, through my preparation during, during the day. So I, I don't really worry about too much about results. I, I just worry about what I can control inside the box. Keon Broxton is with us here on the podcast. Everybody's talking about your offensive improvement, but defensively, uh, I'm sure for you, even just route efficiency has improved since day one of the season. Do you feel like you're taking better routes? You're being more efficient in the outfield? Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Um, being more more efficient is is a thing that I, I still need to work on, and um, my routes I still need to work on that. And reads off the bat I still need to work on as well. But I definitely have gotten a lot better. I've gotten a lot better over the over every aspect of my game this year, and um, you know that's that's all I'm going to do is just continue to get better. We talked about the tweak with your hands, but it, it does seem like you're putting more aggressive swings on the baseball, and it seems like your strike recognition is a little bit better. Is that, has that been improved for you? Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's improved a lot. Um, I think I'm taking a lot of pitches that I used to swing at earlier in the year, and um, I'm taking them for balls, and it, it seems like uh, every time I take a pitch, it's a ball, and every time I swing at it, it's, it's barreled up. So that's, that's exactly what 
uh, you want to do when you're playing baseball. You know, you want to swing at good pitches and, and make sure you're getting good contact. This is a young clubhouse, a lot of young guys. A guy like Orlando Arcia, who you played a lot with in Colorado Springs this year, you know, what do, what do you say to those guys that are that are young like you, but there's such a great opportunity for you here with the Brewers? Um, I, I just try to try to help them out, just to stay stay focused and, and make sure the confidence level is still up, and make sure they they continue to believe in themselves. Where Orlando Arcia, he's one of those guys that's not going to give up on himself. Period. He he knows. He knows what type of player he is and, and who, who he's going to be. And um, I think a lot of guys have kind of learned from my failure and, uh, and, and seeing where, where I am now and, and realizing that it's, it's not over until it's over, you know, and, and they're, they're always going to come out and battle and take every opportunity that, that's given and uh, run with it. Yeah, I go back to your failure. You were just talking about the struggles at the beginning of the year. You didn't get a hit your first time up. You come back up. You finally get that hit on May 25th. And, 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 and I remember you having fun with it. You know, you, you, didn't, you didn't let it define you or weigh you down. You, you, you took it in stride and just kept grinding and, and, and moving forward. I mean, I'm sure that's a good lesson for everyone. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, just, you know, just taking life for what it is. I mean, if you do bad, you do good. So what? You're still blessed. You're blessed to even be here in the first place. Blessed to even be playing a ba- game of baseball in the first place. So I couldn't really like get down on myself too bad because you know I'm playing baseball for a living. I'm blessed and I'm I'm very thankful and grateful for everything. Keon, we appreciate it. Thanks so much and and, and great job so far and and good luck finishing up the season on the same note. Yeah, thank you, man. Keon Broxton with us here on the podcast. All right, it's time to take a look at Sabermetrics 101. Um, this you know we go a lot of different ways with this, but this this week I want to combine it with Statcast. You know, then the new thing that everybody's talking about is Statcast. Now we can measure exit velocity and how far home runs are hit and the spin rate on a pitch and all these different things. And so now you can kind of take the sabermetrics and this and combine them, and you get some explanation of why guys are having success, what's going on with all of it. And we're going to look at batted ball event, which is a part of exit velocity in the equation on that. A batted ball event represents any batted ball that produces a result. So essentially what we're talking about here is a ball hit to center field that's caught, that's a result. That is a batted ball event. A grounder to third that results in an out, that is a batted ball event. A home run, that is a batted ball event. A single, but, but a strikeout is not a batted ball event. So that's essentially the definition of what we're talking about here. Any fair ball is a batted ball event. So two are foul balls that result in an error or an out. So here's why I'm telling you this. Because for players with a minimum of 60 batted ball events this season, Keon Broxton has the highest exit velocity of them all. Better than Nelson Cruz, better than Giancarlo Stanton. He averages 95.5 miles per hour exit velocity. And this helped this helps explain why Broxton's BABIP, BABIP, batting average ball in play, is so high. A lot of people will tell you that his batting average balls in play of 375 before Tuesday's game is not an overly sustainable number. It's very hard for anybody to sustain a number at that, at that level. However, I will tell you that if he continues to hit the ball this hard, coupled with his speed, it doesn't have to level off all that much because Broxton has elite speed. And with the way he is hitting the ball right now and the counts he's getting himself into, he's having great success. So reason to be optimistic that what we're seeing from Keon Broxton is a sign of the future. 
Checking in on the farm. Time to go down on the farm, and we start in AAA Colorado Springs, where Josh Hader had a career day on Sunday against the Round Rock Express. He struck out 12 over six scoreless innings. He allowed just two hits and just one walk. Hader's been really good over his last six starts. He's allowing just 11 earned runs in 34 and a third innings pitched while striking out 47 during that span. 154 strikeouts on the year for Josh Hader, and that is in second place in all of minor league baseball. Double-A Biloxi, top performers Luis Ortiz and Clint Coulter. Ortiz, of course, acquired, along with Lewis Brinson, who, by the way, homered in his first game back from the DL with Triple-A Colorado Springs on Tuesday night. Ortiz, the other guy, along with the player to be named later in the Jonathan Lucroy-Jeremy Jeffress trade, and he threw on Monday night, and he has yet to allow a run since coming over to the Brewers organization. He's pitched 17 and a third innings of scoreless baseball at the AA level. He's just a 20-year-old. This is a young guy. He's made four starts during that time. Monday's performance was five scoreless innings and three strikeouts. Clint Coulter continues to rake since his promotion to AA. He entered Tuesday night's action with a 392 average since being called up. He has three doubles, two home runs, seven RBI in Biloxi as well. And I had a chance to talk with him back in May when he was still in high A Brevard County. You got a lot of headlines early in the year with the throw you made from right field. How, how much did that blow up on social media? Were you getting a lot of texts and, and stuff like that from friends when they saw you throw a guy out from right field? A little bit, yeah. I mean, you don't get a chance to do that very often, and then to put a throw right on the money, it was, uh, it was pretty funny. What uh, has been the biggest thing for you in your transition to the outfield throughout your career? I think just every day, you know, being out there, uh, running balls down, it's a little different as far as uh, on your body, as far as catching. Catching, you know, squatting up and down 100 times, there you're running balls down every other play. So just the different taking care of your body. How different is your, yeah, I mean, you kind of just hit on it, but how different is your day-to-day preparation as well? Uh, yeah, it's different, you know. You uh, got to do different strengthening exercises, uh, stretches, uh, just different things to get yourself ready and your body reacts differently to being out there running as opposed to catching. You got off to a really fast start last year. A little slower start this year, obviously, the injury as well. It seemed like you were, before the injury, you were starting to really turn the corner. Were you feeling like you were kind of coming into your own and hitting your stride? Yeah, you know, I was feeling good. Uh, Last year, I had a really good spring training. This year, again, I feel like I had a really good spring training and started off a little slow getting here, but I think, you know, when I come back, hopefully pick up where I left off. What has the, the high A experience done in terms of uh, opening up your eyes on where you need, need to make your next strides as a player in the developmental phase? Yeah, you know, I think base difference between low A and high A is in low A, you know, you get yourself in a hitter's count. A lot of time you're getting a fastball here. You get yourself in a hitter's count, and you still don't know what you're going to get. So I think the biggest difference is being able to hit uh, tough pitches, uh, breaking balls in any count, stuff like that, and uh, – not missing your pitch because you might only get one or two a whole game. What's your off season like? What do you do in the off season to keep yourself kind of locked in and and ready for that next season? Uh, well, I mean, obviously in the weight room. You know, everyone asks me if I go hunting. Being from the Northwest, it's like I can't be away from the weight room or the gym for that long big uh, period of time. Uh, so I like to do a lot of fishing, a lot of rivers uh, up in the Northwest, and just get the body ready for the next season. All right, give me Clint Coulter's strengths in your opinion. I mean, maybe just strength. <laughs> my strength might be just my strength. You know, uh, have the potential, like you, we talked about earlier with the arm. Got a strong arm. Uh, not the biggest burner. Wasn't blessed with crazy speed, being 230 pounds. But, you know, I got some power at the bat and hopefully some luck. Speaking of Brevard County, the struggles 
with the win and loss column, have uh, been documented for the Manatees this year. They're a very young club. However, there's some promising things going on there. Corey Ray has 13 extra base hits in August. He's hit safely nine of his 11 games coming into Tuesday night's action. And then John Perrin continues to deal. He's going to be one of the candidates for pitcher of the year in the Brewers minor league system. He delivered seven uh, innings with just one run last Saturday. In his last 23 innings pitched, he's allowed just two earned runs. And recently promoted Devin Williams from Wisconsin. He's now in high A. Three games since getting promoted, one start, 14 and third innings. He's given up six earned runs for a 3.770 ERA. This is a, a pretty big prospect for the Brewers and a guy that has a lot of potential. And I had a chance to talk with him back at the end of June when he was still with the Timber Rattlers. Um, I mean, the biggest difference in myself from last year is just my preparation and getting ready for games and getting ready to go out there and do it. I need. Uh, I need to do out there. I've definitely stepped up my game in that aspect. When you talk about the maturation process and, and kind of learning about the preparation, did you understand that when you first came out, how much the mental side of pitching was going to come into play as you progressed through your professional career? Um, I mean, you have an idea, but you don't really know until you're, you're in the fire, you know, and you have to just work through those situations and, um, I mean, kind of test yourself, like, am I able to do this or not? So, I mean, it's a learning process. Like, some guys get it faster than others, but, you know, I think I'm coming along nicely. You uh, were born in St. Louis. You kind of grew up in that, that area. You were going to go to Missouri before you decided to sign with the Brewers. You know, who are some of the guys in that area that inspired you or that you looked up to while you were playing the game? Um, you mean as far as players or yeah. like coaches? Players, guys older than me. It's actually funny. We played against uh, David Schmidt is on Quad Cities right now. He was two years older than me. And like, I, I just wanted to be like as good as him. Like he went to Stanford. Now we're playing at the same level. Same thing with uh, Brett Graves. He was he was the same two years older than me as well, and uh, he was in Beloit last year. So we actually started against each other last year. Physically, how do you feel like you've improved since the day you know from the day you were drafted in thirteen to today? Where do you think you've made your biggest physical strides? Uh, just overall strength, really. I've put on like 30, 35 pounds since since I graduated high school. So uh, that definitely makes it easier to go longer in the games. Velocity-wise, have you seen that increase along with that strength that you've added on as well, or is it just giving you more stamina? It actually went, went away for a year, two years, but it's actually started to come back this year. I wasn't, I wasn't th throwing as hard as I did in high school for these past two seasons, but uh, my videos came back this year. You think that's just, you know, you, obviously you change your body a little bit. It takes a little bit to retrain your arm. Yeah, I think that has a little bit to do with it. And uh, it's just sort of an adjustment period uh, from pitching once a week to every five days, throwing every day. It's just a lot for your body to handle, and I guess you just have to kind of adjust to that. 
how do you, you know, day in and day out, stay focused on the task at hand and not get too distracted with, if I can do this and this, then I can get promoted and I need to get on this path so I can be, you know, at this level by this time. Is it, is it hard to kind of push that out of the way or is that just natural? You're going to think about that stuff while you're playing pro ball. I mean, it can be hard if you let it, yeah. But I think you just have to learn to focus on the task that's in front of you. Like me, I just focus on what I'm doing to get ready to go out there and pitch in another five days after every time that I pitch. So that's really just how I look at it. You know, there's a lot of distractions if you're if you're looking for them. You have had a lot of success as a starting pitcher, particularly. You look at your numbers from last year, and and your numbers as a starter were, were better than your numbers coming out of the bullpen. Is there something about that consistency and understanding? Okay, this starts over. This is what I need to do over the next five days to get myself prepared. Is that consistency? Does that help you? I would say yeah, but I mean. I've been better out of the pen this year, yeah. so I think it's just mental preparation, really. It's just you just gotta like if I'm going out as a starter, I know I'm, I gotta go six, seven innings, maybe. I gotta pace myself. Whereas in the bullpen, I kind of just uh, mentally prepare during the game instead yeah. of before it, and I get ready just to go out there and throw strikes. And I don't have to pace myself as I would, like, as a starter. I can just blow it out, really. Take me through your stuff, you know, what, you know your, your, your fastball, your secondary pitches, um, you know, without giving away too much, you know, how, how you like to attack hitters specifically. Um, kind of take me through that, if you would. Um, I mean, I throw a four-seam fastball, changeup, and a slider. My changeup is the better of the two off-speed pitches. So uh, it really just depends on the hitter. Yeah. Like the, the more aggressive hitters, like the guys that tend to swing first pitch a lot, I, I flip some change-ups to them so it looks like a fastball and then gets them out on the front foot. Uh, but really I just try and locate my fastball other than that. Let's go off the field for a second. Let's just talk about what you like to do in your downtime. What, what are your interests? Let's get to know you a little bit, the non-baseball player. Uh, I've recently taken up golf. That's That's been taking up all my free time away from the field lately, so. Are you good? I'm not good, but I'm not bad either. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's what's, pretty difficult. What's your best club? What are you most comfortable with in your hand? Pitching wedge. Yeah? Yeah. So the short game. Yeah. That's good. Definitely the short game, not the driver. Had you played any golf until recently? I'd played a couple times, but I just recently got my own clubs, so I've been playing more. Yeah. Yeah. Do you and the guys like to play on off days? And yeah. I mean, we have day games. Night, yeah, night games. Day, day games. games go out at night. Yeah. Well, we appreciate it, Devin. Thanks a bunch, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely. No problem. Thanks to Devin Williams for joining us here on the podcast. Class A Wisconsin still has a chance to get into the playoffs as they enter the final days of the season, just a few games back of 
a wild card spot. Lucas Ursig continues to do damage to the Midwest League. He collected his third triple on Monday night. Uh, also hit his fifth home run for the T-Rats in that contest. Ursig is definitely a name to watch in the next couple of years. He's going to rise through the Brewers system if he continues at this pace. And right-handed pitcher Connor Harbor was named the Midwest League's Pitcher of the Week yesterday. The Coos Bay, Oregon native, seven scoreless innings in that period, surrendered only a hit, two walks, and he struck out eight. And then in Helena, Weston Wilson's hitting over 300, as is Ronnie Gideon. Gideon's 12 home runs show that he has as much power as about anybody in the Brewers minor leagues. Here's what's on tap with the Brewers. Okay, so what's on tap? Well, the Brewers and the Pirates starting Thursday. It's a four-game series, Thursday at 7-10, Friday at 7-10, Saturday at 6-10, and Sunday at 1-10. Here's what we got for you promotion-wise. Friday night, it is a free shirt Friday. It's that MKE home T-shirt. It's the MKE with a home plate uh, around it. Give it to all fans in attendance. It's the final free shirt Friday of the season, so you're going to want to be there for that. Saturday's going to be awesome. Kip Moore is doing a concert after the game. Free post-game concert from the multi-platinum country artist Kip Moore. You know, you've heard some of his songs, Something About a Truck, Beer Money, Running For You. Uh, it's going to take place immediately after the game, and it's free to all fans that come to the game on Saturday, August 27th. And then on the 28th, it's the Kids Chest Protector back, Backpack, plus the Kids Eat Free Sunday. All kids 14 and under get the backpack. It's designed to look like a catcher's chest protector, and it's a Kids Eat Free Sunday. All kids 14 and under get a free lunch featuring a hot dog, bottled water, apple slices, and that ice cream treat. You're not going to forget about that. For tickets, call 414-902-4000 or visit Brewers.com. That's going to do it for this edition of Brewers on Tap. It was episode number 60, and we're glad that you joined us for it. Have a good one, everybody. Talk to you next week. I'm Lane Grindle.